This podcast is a Bendigedig Media production. Hi, I'm David Cottrell and you are listening to a Touchline Rant podcast. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to episode 173 of A Touchline Rant. And this week, I, Mitchell Gad, am joined by Alex Skinner, the OG himself. Good day. Good day, yeah, good day to you. And Mr. Luke Smalley. Hello, Luke. Hello, Mitchell. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We were just saying that uh, before we start this recording, it's been a while since it's it's been us three on this. Well, Mitch, yeah. you sound fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. That's good. It's good to hear. As, he, as do you, as do you. Um, so let's get right into it. This week, we're going to be focusing again on the relegation battle. It's, there's always things happening. And um, I wanted to kick us off by talking about our lovely friends in the North East, Newcastle United, um, who are on a bit of a bad run. Uh, Delta blow this week. Uh, when they were, they learned that uh, Mr. Alan Sem Maximan, who was a big, we're a big fan of on this podcast, baller. He's an absolute baller. He's an shining lights, I think, isn't he? And um, and he's he's injured apparently until the until about April, and so is Miguel Almiron as well. So two of their more creative players, two of their more flair players, and when you. You think that they, they kind of need that bit of inspiration, that need a bit of magic down there. Both out for uh, at least a couple of months with injuries they picked up in the game against Wolves. Um, Alex Skinner, I'm going to ask you first. Are Newcastle fucked? Hmm. Well, there, there we are. There's an intro. Um, not, <laughs> not at the moment, but it doesn't look very good for them. Uh, it doesn't help with the, with the bottom. They're lubing up. Yeah, they are, but like it, it's it's just it's just a game of what 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 half healthy bodies can fit on a pitch at this stage. You're an advantage if you've got any sort of squad to rotate in the slightest. That's why Man City is streaks ahead. And when you consider, I don't know, the like the hardship which has happened happening at Newcastle United, it's just it's just going to happen, isn't it? Not only are you avoiding COVID, their friends and family, you're you're also Trying to fight fatigue, you're also trying to fight all these all these injuries which happen over the fact there's a clogged fixture list. So if you you're at an advantage if you've got like a, a, a fit amount of players right now. Yeah, it's a good point um, that you make. I mean, I think it, it, not everyone. Um, I don't think anyone in the league is blessed with the, the depth and in terms of quality. No um, one. Man City have got at the top of the league. You know they can change uh, six or seven players a game, and they can put out a world class team. Um, and that's even more um, evident as you get towards the bottom of the table. So, Luke, do you think that we? I mean, injuries are, are inevitable across the course of the season. But as, as Alex said, in this season where we've got a really clogged fixture list, is it inevitable that this would happen to 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 a team that's sort of fighting relegation? And could we? 
And do you think that there's probably going to be others that, that might follow and, and Newcastle aren't going to be the only ones that are going to suffer? They're definitely not going to be the only ones. Like this, is, It is a lottery right now because they're being asked to play a lot of football in a short amount of time. Um, they didn't have much of a rest, you know, between seasons, really. And then all those players are going to be going to the Euros and then being brought back earlier than they would normally be. Like, they're going to just... They're running them into the ground. Like, all the football authorities, they are running these players into the ground. I mean, I mean, because they're allowing them to Leicester. play all these games. Look what happened at Leicester recently. Harvey Barnes out, Madison, and like Enshaw. You saw the look of pure, like, uh, like his scared little face, the, the, the blood drained from little Brendan Rogers' face when he yeah, was like, oh, damn, I, pushed, I pushed Harvey Barnes too much. He was running at capacity. Now I've got Madison's hip to think about on top of that. That's great. Like, they've already lost James Justin as well, Leicester. You know, there's three creative players that they've lost to lo- relative long-term injuries. The problem you've got as well is, I think, if you're a manager, I think you were alluding to this in, in the weeks, you know, about, um, about you, you've got the responsibility uh, also to see sort of young players through it's really a, a difficult period, um, particularly if you're an overseas player where you've got COVID, you've got these restrictions, you're trying to manage them from a kind of a, a mental health perspective also manage them from, a, from from you know we've seen footballers who've kind of broken lockdown laws so you've got to manage their kind of behavior but then also you've got this massive fixture pileup you know the problem you've got from a managerial point of view is you're always going to be under pressure from the fans to pick your best team Constant. Really, you've got a responsibility potentially there could be managers that are really going to have to make difficult decisions where if you've got the best interest of the player in mind, you might not have the ability to bring in like uh, a Laporte off the bench or a Mares off the bench like Pep can. You might have to bring on a youngster, bring in a youngster or, or someone who's got very little experience for one of your star players because actually they might end up, you might be protecting them in the long run from getting a, a bad injury like, you know, a, a Harvey Barnes has got. So, um, you know, they've really got that responsibility, um, haven't they? And I think that's something that you were, have been alluding to before, Skinner. Definitely, def- definitely. And like you said, it's, it's like all, all teams are actually struggling. But can I say, like, obviously there's a, conge- uh, there's a fixture congestion, but look where we are. It's been full, full circle now, one year, one year March. Everything locked mm. down, and we thought doom and despair, dystopian yeah. football, nothing else happening. It's come a long way in that time, and the fact that things are back on track, but it's a clogged fixture list, it's gone complete 360 or 180, I suppose, depending on your angles. But <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's, it's come from like, oh, Very we're going to cancel the, the, the league to, oh, here's four. Four games in four days. Football. Football. Have some, have have some football. more football. football. That's what else Make is on. It's never going to end. It's non-stop football. It is never going to end. Guess what? Don't it is not another game. Another football game. There's a game on every single. There was. There's like now with these. You know the fixtures are coming so thick and fast. I can't even... I haven't got the energy to watch them all. I don't know how they've got the energy to play them all. Like, it's ludicrous. There's too much football on. <laughs> I know. It's uh, not that we condone it on this podcast, but it's uh, a betting enthusiast dream, isn't it? Because you never, you never have to go searching for the Singapore League at sort of 10am in the morning to 
to bet on a, a fixture. You know, there's always when you need your kicks. <laughs> exactly. So, um, we'll, we'll, so we'll turn our attention to a couple of other clubs in the relegation battle. Brighton had an interesting weekend. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, some very um, strange decisions by Lee Mason, but. But having said that, despite all the focus on the referee's decision, they still missed two penalties. And if you can't put the how ball they in the missed, net... they don't, you don't deserve to get anything. You do not deserve to get anything from a game oh. if you miss two penalties. It's a bit like a one-legged man in an asking no, contest. No, 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 no. Look, I, I oppose this. Right. Look, <laughs> on the one hand, look, it doesn't look good. You miss two penalties. That's 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 one thing. On the other hand, there was a legitimate goal from my boy Lewis Dunk. Which got tricking oh, off the record to make it one all at that point. Now I don't know. I don't know what more you can do. Maybe not miss the penalties. However, that was <laughs> yeah. Time. If you score the two penalties, you win two one. Maybe do that. You know. But like uh, I'm not being. We've we've been undone by a couple of uh, dubious decisions recently. Uh, not only the the staunch look what we have with any penalty decisions, but we also we're up against these referees. Now, I'm not saying they have an easy job. By no means, I'm not saying that. They get a very difficult... He's not like you are. He's definitely... As well, but, I mean, as soon as they go over and check the the monitor, it means the decision's out of their control, right? Am I wrong there? Am I right? What happens there? They can... Well, they just... If they're watching what everyone else is watching, say the three of us were watching the game of football, well, right? like, like we've that. seen the VAR loads now, that is definitely a red card. And then the ref goes over and sees it and he says, no, nah, it's a yellow. We'd be like, what? It's a definite red. What do you want about? Like, he's just stabbed him in the aorta. Like, it's, it's bound to be a red. The ref, the pressure they have after going to the TV. I wouldn't want to go to the TV. It's like going to the guillotine. So, uh, <laughs> let me ask you a question about Brighton and Luke. Um, Graham Potter was brought in a couple of seasons ago after Chris Hutton kept Brighton up. Uh, I think he kept them up mm. by a couple of places. And they brought Potter in to sort of change the style of football a little bit um, and and to get take them onto that next level, really. And when I say next level for Brighton, you're probably talking about kind of sort of two-thirds of the way down the table as, as opposed to sort of 17th. Um, he's been there, as I said, for a couple of years now. Uh, and while they have played some attractive football in that time, they're no better off positionally, and I know from from um, the sort of the the sense amongst Brighton fans is they're pretty worried that that the the confidence has drained from this side. Do you think Graham Potter is under pressure at all? Should he be feeling the pressure? Right, uh, I got two answers. Should he be feeling the pressure? No, he's done a great job with a let's be honest, mediocre squad with a club that doesn't necessarily invest a lot of money into new players, because they haven't got a lot of money, that's been massively impacted by a global pandemic. He's done a phenomenal job, so he shouldn't be at all, because he's done a great job just making sure Brighton stay out of it. I know they're getting dragged in, but I don't think they... I don't think Brighton... I don't see Brighton going down at all. Um... Could he lose his job? Absolutely. You could get sacked tonight because that's how football is. I don't think he should be, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they went, we're going to change manager because Pulis is available. I, mean, oh, for fuck's I like sake. that because I also like how you've um, answered your own question when you asked your own question. So I, I, I respect that. 
Who else <laughs> could be? <laughs> who else could be uh, brought into this relegation battle? Because we were dead certain that Fulham, West Brom, and Chepard, If you like, say Burnley, we're all going to go down. <laughs> and look, look what Fulham's done. We're all on, on riding high on the Fulham train, aren't we? Choo choo. Look, I, I, I said I think Newcastle will go down. Mitch said the same. Yeah. I stand by it. I stand by it, but I think who I think Southampton also are going to be in a dogfight soon because I think you said in the week league oh. they've now taken after losing to Everton. Is it one point from twenty possible twenty seven? And that's a side yeah, that looks they've one point. And so they've had some injuries as well. They've had some injuries. Um, uh, and I think they, I think they just look, they, they look a bit threadbare. They're short of confidence. They're leaking goals. They're not scoring any goals. It, it, it's every box ticked at the moment for a side that's, yeah. that's going to get dragged. Ralph is pulling his hair out. Like they took that absolute dick in at United. Like we just, it was ridiculous. We destroyed them, and I felt sorry. Well, for I him do because I feel like that that Southampton have sort of taken. A few blows, like they took. They had the nine nil last season. You thought, oh, they've they've taken that in their stride. They've done. They, you know, they come back. They bounce back ability. You know, Ralph's passion, and they just. I feel like they've. I feel like every time they get a little knock, they're like, you know, Ings has had a few injuries, but they've they sort of defied the odds, and then they've kind of sold players, and they've still they've still defied the odds and, and done well. They lost Hoiberg in the summer as well. And you think, oh, they still bounce back ability. Southampton, smile on their face, playing nice football. And I just feel that United game and that there was the sending off as well and there was the penalties and the way there was about five goals in the last 10 minutes. I felt like it was, I saw their spirit kind of leave their body a little bit in that game. And yeah. I feel like Paul Ralph is sort of like, you know, he's crying happy tears when they beat Liverpool in that game. They were like, after that United game, they were like an empty pillowcase. I feel like, like it was... Like a girlfriend who no longer loves you and they've just got dead eyes. Wow. Yeah. What have you got to say about that, Skinner? You think, uh, do you I'm, think... I'm putting all this, this, this descriptive uh, uh, vision, vision all together. And it's, make it, and it's making me very sad. I wouldn't the dig most. the grave of, of Southampton just yet, gentlemen. I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll write the ship. I'm, what I'm concerned with is Burnley, Brighton, and obviously Newcastle. Now <laughs> they're the they're the three. Because... Talk to me about Burnley then, Skinner. You've been waiting. You've been waiting. To, you, I feel like you oh, want. No, to... you, you misunderstand. No, you do, like I, I think they're they're all they're all solid and everything. But I think there's, there's... what have you got against I, Burnley? I've not said anything bad about Burnley. I just think they'll get a, <laughs> a wake up call to the way they play. Like it's like. It's like... <laughs> They sit so deep in the hell to break down and then go and attack. They got they, apart from Chris Wood, you know I've got a soft spot for Wood. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they're 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 in um, the mix, and they, I wouldn't be surprised if they're 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 pulled off down down there down the bottom. <laughs> but, I, but look at it now. Like Newcastle are in dire straits. They're in dire straits. They're in absolute dire straits. Yeah. Dire okay. Straits. Dire, <laughs> Fair enough. Dire straits. Uh, look. But look at looking at the table. Look. There's just there's just so many like mid-table teams which are prepared to just dig in and stay stay in the middle ground there. And look, I think all things considered, off the back of this this season, they'll do bloody well to just stay there. You know, Fulham. Who, I didn't. I didn't think Fulham had had any sort of fight left in him. Any puff? 
Yeah, no. Fulham have come yeah. out fighting. And, yeah. look, and like I don't a, know what... Like with Parker as well, the most military-looking manager yeah. in the league, for them to come in like fucking done in their little... Yeah, in their yeah. Spitfires. <laughs> and I don't know how, 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 what, what else big Sam's going to pull out the bag. I'm oh, not sure God, what else nothing. he's got, but like on seven. The only thing he's got left in there is a gone off pie. <laughs> <That's honest. laughs> what flavour pie then? Steak and ale. Yeah. yeah, I think he looks like a steak and ale kind of guy. Um, he looks like a man who absolutely lost his shit when Greg's released vegan steak bakes and sausage definitely. rolls. He was he was there with his pitchfork. Let's move on from relegation battle and Big Sam's pies. Um, Man United, Chelsea. Uh, interesting. 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 It wasn't much. Do you know what? This <laughs> game had nil-nil written all over it from about ten weeks ago. You can see, two, two, as soon as two goals come yeah. in, and it's been you know solid at the back. Man United. Every big game Man United play these days finishes nil-nil. And it was just. Yeah, oh, oh, don't even get me started. We scored one goal. We've scored one goal this season against teams in the top six. And that was the one that we conceded six in against Absolutely. Spurs. So, okay. So let's talk about, Luke, fire yourself up. Let's talk about this penalty. Apparently, the penalty wasn't wasn't made. I haven't seen Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as, as riled up as as ever um, and when he was in this interview after the game. I, he just, you could tell he was sort of biting his tongue. Yeah. Can you tell us the background to why he was so upset that that penalty wasn't given? Could you just give well, us a brief, brief the breakdown background, of why? Is, is that apparently when Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw had gone up to the referee to inquire why the penalty wasn't given... Apparently, one of the the I think it was one of the assistants. I don't think it was the referee itself. Said something along the lines of, um, "Could you imagine the controversy if we if we gave a penalty like that?" So obviously, thinking about the kind of backlash from making a decision rather rather than what was the right decision, and so um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. made the point that there was. Um, he actually, I think, even said in his interview that it was either Frank Lampard. He wasn't sure, but he said that was a rhetoric that was started weeks ago that Man United get penalties they shouldn't get. And that is influencing the referees. So, um, Luke, penalty or no penalty? And is this, uh, should we be concerned that referees are being influenced by um, what the backlash will be on decisions? Uh, should we be concerned? Yeah. Should, is it a surprise? No. Um, but the biggest thing is... The biggest thing for me is, yeah, it should have been a penalty. I think it should have been a penalty. But then there should have been Chelsea should have had a penalty when they played us. You know, Maguire all over. I can't remember who it was now, but they should. That should have been a penalty. We should have conceded a penalty there. So this has just leveled itself yeah. out. It's not something I'm going to get worked up on, to be honest. You know, it's just. Am it I surprised? No, I'm think, not. <laughs> Listen, if that penalty was given, do you know what would have happened? No one would have battered an eyelid, eyelid because the sheer amount of penalties that United get, everyone would just be like, oh, okay, there's another one, and Bruno's just got another penalty. And fantasy managers would just pump their fists like Tim Henman. <laughs> and then people would just move on. That's what would happen. Yeah, no, no I'm wrong. That's exactly what would the first thing that would, the first thing we would, and everyone would go, look how many penalties. Standard. Yeah. 
Yeah, but Bruno's lots it away, and everyone's got him in their fantasy team. So they'd be like, "I'm not going to yeah. get too annoyed." They'd say that, points. and then they'd just, it's, 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 they'd say, me for a communal circle jerk about how good Bruno." Do you Fernandes reckon is? the refs have got Bruno captain each week? Re- surely referees should not be allowed to play fantasy football. That's got to be. This is what this is. Tell, tell that to Aston Villa players I don't know as well. Tell them. The, pr- the problem is with fantasy football, and I think we can. Let's go off on a slight tangent because that Man United Chelsea game was so boring. Um, so boring. Was it boring? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the problem with fantasy football is the Premier League, it's an official game. So the Premier League want players to play it because it helps the brand. So they've got all these players and it helps with overseas people getting involved in the game, players on their social media who people follow going, oh, yeah, I've got my mate in, or I took him out last week, yeah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah, so it helps the brand. So they, they try and encourage yeah. players to play it. So we've got this issue that they're going to have to resolve following the Aston Villa situation because I, I think they're going to have to either get people to sort of change their names and not be public name that, that people can identify or whatever. So I get all that. So I can't see players not being allowed to play it. And I think they should be allowed to play it. I don't see an issue with that particularly. But referees, if referees play it, I'm worried. I think surely they can't be allowed. There's got to be... Because that wouldn't help Do you imagine if they are? We need to find out. We need to find out now. Does anyone know? know? And like, say, say they're in a cash league. Yeah. Say they're in a cash league with their mates. And it's about they could win about ten grand, and they're like the competitive has come out. Their referee, they've got Bruno as captain, and the United player goes down in the box. They need a secret referee, <laughs> um, books, don't they? They need like a, the secret referee. We need to know some of these inside secrets because I reckon there's some shady shit going on. No, I'm not. What... I'm speculating there. I'm not <laughs> do you know what? I... It sounds like you, you've speculated a lot. Hey, Mitch is. Well, I didn't know we were doing this podcast with Alex Jones. What's going on? <laughs> you know what I saw from that that Chelsea United game? I saw I saw cracks in the very strong armor of Bruno Fernandez. His body language told he's his body language knackered. told me he's getting so frustrated with the team around him, and it's, it may feel like he's carrying the team too much. But he is like a workhorse, and if they put too much. Too much on him too soon. Plays a lot. I mean, really. He's coming, and when will he? When will he, he burn plays. out? He's going to burn out. He's going to burn out at some point. It's going to happen sooner rather than later as well. Definitely, it'll happen sooner. And you could tell he was getting so frustrated. You can only ride it that player so he, much. He played in the you Europa know? League game, second leg, that they were already falling up in. He played the We're first half. Up. It was like, why does he need to play any yeah, minutes in that game? Because United haven't... They've got a good squad. He don't need to... He didn't need to play. And, and yeah, I, I just... No. The problem, the problem, the reason he played is because Paul Pogba's out. It, it's for me, Paul Pogba, the impact that he obviously has on the team goes completely unacknowledged in most parts of the media. Like, no one talks about it, but Paul Pogba does an incredible job United, you're talking about the it. radar most of the time. You know, it's I am. I'm bringing, bringing attention. I'm bringing it to the, the masses. You don't hear that phrase very often. I'm from the rooftops. Paul Pogba is a good player. I need to get back in Mino Rayo's <laughs> good books, don't I? Yes. Um, I'm gonna, do you know what? Even though he didn't want us to, I'm going to talk. I'm going to bring Arsenal into play here. <laughs> Look, skin is great because we have got this yeah. theory that the ATR here we go. strikes every time we talk a team up, but. 
Um, since we've got your beautiful face on the uh, podcast this week, and it does work because we, I can see him on Zoom, and for the benefit of listeners, you can't see Alex's lovely face, but it's fine. Just go onto social media and you'll see it splattered everywhere. Um, but Arsenal, I, I think it would be remiss not to talk about the slight resurgence, and they had a great win against Leicester, sort of a side that um, is... You know, if they if they've got any hopes of fourth, they've got to win those games. Won the game, made a few changes. No Aubameyang in the starting line. Alex Skinner, what has changed at Arsenal? Is it Odegaard? Is it just you know a bit? Is it just given more time for Arteta to work with players? Are they looking? Are they look? Are they benefiting from you know having Listen, a little bit of a break? All, there's, no, there's no breaks, is there? Look, it's just it's just whatever you what whoever can play, get in there, play Odegaard. Get in there. You can play. Go on. Get on with it. Um, at this stage, uh, MLG, yeah. Arsenal are fine. Do you know why? Because they've got the Europa League. Without the Europa League, then then I'd look at it differently. But look again, as we say it time and time again, it, like this this season is 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 just uh, wild. It's too wild to even function. So for them to be up competing where they should be, okay, it's gonna it's not gonna be that way. Although they always charge in. A bit, a bit hard coming yeah. hard at the end end of the season. It's it's the Arsenal way. It seems they build up a little bit of momentum at this time. But look, I completely understand it could end up with them being like seventh or eighth this year. But I do think that there's a little bit of competition because everyone's going to be knackered. Everyone's basically shafted. Right they now. love a late charge, don't they, Arsenal? They do love a late charge. They for a late charge. The they, one thing they, I would they, say though, I was looking at that team sheet going into that Leicester game, and I was like, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't know where things are going. I, just I was blown think, away. I'm not sure where, where it came from. But the, the thing about Arsenal is that they can just surprise you out of nowhere, you know? And, surprise look, you? I nearly. I, I, the back of the, I can believe look, it. They've already, already won, won a few bits and pieces, right? What have they won? They won the, the Community Shield and they won the FA Cup last year. Like in itself, that is like proper awesome. Amazing. Mm. Off the back of this, if yeah. they get close to the Europa League, that'd be a huge win. If they can get like around a about like fourth, fifth, sixth this year, awesome. Okay, that's something something to build on. Apart from that, I, again, it's just. I don't think you're getting anywhere near fourth. When you say fourth, then who knows? Who knows? You look, who, look who you got. Look around you, right? If Leicester fall off potentially, West Ham. They, I, I doubt they're gonna like. It would be amazing if they do. Don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, we can talk about West Ham. Uh, like, we have all season about how, how above and beyond they're going. Apart from that, who like everyone else has been blipping, blip, Chelsea. Okay, I the think they've got a chance, but I think Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's more. Like, look, what's okay. happened, look what's happened I, to I Liverpool. They just fallen out. It doesn't take much. It takes like a week before everyone's like slagging, slagging you off. Same way oh, people yeah, have with Liverpool. Right, I'll retract the you're not going to get four to say you could potentially, but I oh, think sorry, it would involve Mr. Quite a few oh, of them. You need three of those teams to drop off. You know, you'd it's need Chelsea. Chelsea is a worry, isn't it? That Leicester, probably the one. Yeah, if Chelsea drop off, they'd need Arsenal would need Chelsea to drop off, and probably Spurs as well because Spurs aren't exactly. I mean, all right, they had a good result. Um, last time round and Bale let's talk Gareth Bale <laughs> actually she's all Gareth Bale, talk Bale. Actually, Gareth Bale is on fire this is the Gareth Bale, Bale has been a joy but to be honest the Spurs fans have been calling for this for the last few weeks because he's shown glimpses when he came on against Man City 
show glimpses of him. I've got a theory about And now that. he's there. And then they're saying, Jose, why just fucking take him off the leash? Stop fanning around and going, oh, 10 minutes here, oh, 10 minutes there. Take him off the fucking leash. You got Son, you got Kane, you got Bale. That's the, there is no better three in the Premier League. There's no better three in the Premier League. They, you can't beat that. Maybe you can say someone's on an even Massively underrated bloody Neil <laughs> Mope, are you? Yeah. Don't, worry about, don't worry about Man, don't worry about man City either. <laughs> okay, right. There is. Um, what about this for a theory then? You know that the, you're saying about everyone saying Jose, take him off the leash, get bail on, you know, and Go being on, critical then. that way. What if actually uh, Jose, Gareth Bale has been less fit than we realise because of complete lack of first yeah. team football, regular first team football? And Mourinho knew that the story has been for years that Bale is constantly injured and he's then, when he's not injured, he's lazy. What if Mourinho has taken the flack off Bale to allow him to get fit? And now Bale is fit for the foot because Bale has been drip fed back first team football and he's got his fitness up to peak. And now Mourinho's like, right, well, now you're ready. And he's fun- he's been phenomenal. The last few games, Gareth Bale has been incredible. On the weekend, he was as good sure, as I've ever think. seen him. And it's that that Gareth Bale is why he's too good yeah. to go to China. Like, all that talk about China. Look, how- he's playing in what is widely recognised as the best league in the world. And he's he actually he looks like he's peak. Still, he looks like that Gareth Bale at Tour Same thing what we've been talking about before. Spurs, Mourinho, hasn't got an option. He hasn't got an option. That's why he played against Burnley. He hasn't got any options. What's he going to do? Like, he needs, he's got squad members, he's got squad players. Fine. Yeah, absolutely. Let Bale go. Bale's just a joy to watch, like, whenever he plays. Like, he's just incredible. He's just phenomenal. He's just different. He's just different class. Uh, And so, seeing him play full flow is phenomenal. But look, he's no stranger to a couple of injuries, but he needs motivation to play. Well, not motivation. He just needs like like time to play and by his own means. In his own position, however he wants to play, he's good enough. He's just peak. He's just better than I, all I the rest. That, um, I think that it's an interesting point that um, you were saying, Luke, about... Because if you think back to what we were saying about the injuries that build up for sides and players being overworked... And I was thinking as we were having a discussion um, earlier about whether we might get to a stage where these sides are kind of like, it could be like last last team standing, you know, the, the team that's got the be- the most legs and energy at the end of the season are going to go on a good run and, 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 and finish the season well. Um, potentially, potentially Mourinho has played it perfectly because you, you've now got a sort of a fired up, rested bale who's got minutes under his belt and can, can attack the end of the season and he's now suddenly been introduced into the team, you know, slowly, as he said, and suddenly he, he can be the person that sort of allows him to kick on between now and the end of the season. Um, and, yeah, that's maybe, maybe, that's, he's that's played, maybe, maybe he's played it perfectly. Maybe, yes, I, the only thing I don't... I do think, I think Bale's he was hit fitness. Not, I think that's yeah, what he, he is. Definitely looked like when think... he came on, it, it was hard for him to get into games, and whether that's a fitness thing or whatever, it, it probably was to do it or oh, maybe not fitness, match maybe sharpness. match yeah. sharpness but the thing, would the be thing, the correct. The thing is, the only thing I don't agree with with Mourinho is some of the stuff where he's 
sort of deliberately seem to have gone out of his way to contradict Bale around, had a good training session today. And I feel like there were times it just felt like he was kind of trying to stick an elbow back into Bale. And I, I'm not sure what, what the benefit of that would have been. But in terms of managing minutes, if Bale suddenly goes on this run of form now, you'd almost have to say, well, maybe he's looking after the player. Maybe he's doing what we said managers should should be doing when you've got this fucking intense schedule. I don't know. Praise Mourinho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just... Look, I bail... There's obvi- the problem with Mourinho. We were going to speak about him the other week in that when he can make those comments saying that him and his team, his management team, were, well, were yeah. second and none. And the problem is, is that it's becoming a bit common now with Mourinho that things start going this way at the club. It's a, time, it's a timeline, isn't it? It's like a, it's like a three-year timeline, isn't it? Like... Yeah, it's, and it, it started going downhill quite rapidly at Real Madrid. He came back at Chelsea and, had, yeah, he won the league when he came back at Chelsea. Um, but then that didn't last. At United, he didn't, he wasn't at his best, I'd say. And timeout doesn't seem to have done him any favours either. <laughs> He's becoming more and more old Mourinho now in his temperament-wise. Yeah, well, let's, let's just... I'm going to finish this Mourinho discussion with a question. And it's a new, it's a new feature that I've come up with live on the, on the podcast here. And it's called Mitch's Question of the Week. And nice. I'm going to ask you, Alex Skinner, and you, Luke Smalley, the same question. What is Jose Mourinho's favourite crisp flavour and favourite biscuit? What do you reckon, Skinner? Crisp flavour, you know, I think I think he's a smoky bacon fan. You don't see him that often, and I I, I think you'd like the the smoky fragrance uh, brushed up against his taste buds. So I think that, and I think his favourite biscuit is, is is I think it's either a hobnob or a digestive. I can't figure it out. Hobnob, yeah, I can see, I can definitely see that. Uh, Luke Smalley, same question. Oregano <laughs> lace. Is that even a flavour? <laughs> It is at the posh now, if you want to see more is... pretentious flavors. Anyway, okay. yeah, at uh, yeah, <laughs> and Crossover. biscuit. I reckon biscuit. I reckon bourbon. Ooh, okay, bourbon. Well, not, not for Tweet me. Us, uh, message us on Instagram at a touchline rant with your views. What do you think? Uh, Jose Marina's favorite biscuit and favorite. Um, <laughs> favorite packet of crisps are. Let us know. I don't know. Mm. Should we talk fantasy football? How are we all doing? Fantasy if, we, if, we, if we got, to, if we got go time. On. Yeah, go on. Very quickly, Skinner. Fantasy football. What? How are you doing? What's your? What, what's your? What's your? What's your predicament at the moment? Uh, I, I'm talking to professionals here. Professional. Uh, <laughs> look, look, professional head scratching, <laughs> intense. Back and forth chat at the highest degree. Luke, Luke, Luke Tinkerman Smalley. You're going to find him rocking in a corner. I am the new king. I am the new king of minus four. I'm taking another one this <laughs> week. I, 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 <laughs> what I do, I take my cues off you guys. So whatever you're stressing out with, I'll look at something and just figure it out. So I look at your stress. You, you don't do the research for me, both of you. And then you tell me what you're freaking out over, and I'll just do 
I'll just wade in like at, at the end it's of like your research. Is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, like, uh, yeah. Like, that's it. Mitchell, we're doing quite well. We are doing quite minute, well, yeah. It's too many risks. That's my, that's, that's my... The ATR my... curse might strike, though. I feel like Pep's just constantly give me the runaround at the moment. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Luke, you're confident, though. Minus four is the way forward, yeah? That's your advice, is it? Uh, minus four has worked for me recently. Minus four has worked for me recently. I'm trying to work out whether bringing Harry Kane is you need Harry back Kane. in is worth it or not. But I need to get rid yes, of Harvey Barnes. Yeah, that injury. So, but Richarlison, Everton plays City, and I, I don't know. But Richarlison's in amazing form. That's my dilemma yeah. at the minute. If Richarlison scores again now, midweek as we record this, he may have to stay because that would be four, yeah. four games in a yeah, row. It I would think. be, yeah. I've got Harry yeah. Kane triple captain this week, so. Um... Balls out the bath, as uh, John Lloyd would say. Uh, all right, then, <laughs> lovely gentlemen. I think that about wraps it up for this week. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Remember to tweet us with your thoughts on Jose Mourinho's favourite crisp flavour and biscuit. And don't forget to follow us, etc., etc. Uh, Next week, we'll be talking about dog mascots. Uh, Luke, is there anyone in particular that sponsors this podcast? That sponsors this podcast, Crest. Lovely Crest. And, and, and Bendigeri Media. As always, yeah. All right, there we are. I'm <laughs> I will see everyone next week. Hi, this is the Blender Coach, and you're listening to a Touchline Rants latest podcast, Back of the Net. is a Bendigedig Media production. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Every, ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new dot that's anchor.fm slash new to get started.